when we give ourselves the opportunity to take that step back and really decide for ourselves what we want and move forward on that path, there is a level of fulfillment that comes with that. Not that it isn't work still, but it's work that can fill you back up, that can inspire you, that can bring you a level of joy, a level of accomplishment that you can't receive from other areas. And ending each day feeling proud of how you showed up, feeling content with the impact that you made, feeling excited to wake up tomorrow and do it again. You know, the way I kind of feel about it is we all have one life to live. One, one chance. Welcome to the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. I'm Lyanne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode. I am so happy that you've pressed play. I am Lyanne and I am the host of the Spiritual Shipworker podcast. This week's guest is Karen Jaworski, women's health coach and so much more. Before I tell you um, a little bit more about Karen, I just want to tell you how excited I am to share this conversation. Given where I am in my life, my age, the things that I'm experiencing, um, you know, all those menopausal things, <laughs> um, this conversation with Karen was extremely, extremely helpful. And what I love so much about this conversation with Karen is how much we both believe that it's really up to us as individuals to take radical responsibility for not only our health, but our entire life. Karen and I talk about the injury that forced her to pause um, this past spring to slow down and to go inward. And it was really, really beautiful on her approach um, as she was still in the midst of healing from her injury and how she took this literally as a pause to go inward and to slow down. It was almost a forced thing that the universe provided her and she took it uh, as a positive-ish thing rather than playing a victim. She took it as not only a way to go inward and to learn more about herself, but to know that her body was capable of healing and that she just had to slow down and allow that time and space. We also touch on how women's health is so understudied and that there is so still so, so much to learn. So who is Karen Jaworski? With over two decades of experience in health and fitness, Karen has dedicated her life to understanding the woman's body. She's a registered holistic nutritionist, culinary nutrition expert, personal trainer, yoga instructor, fascial stretch therapist, and Thai massage practitioner. It's amazing, She's, she does it all. Karen specializes in digestion, weight loss, and stress, stress management, and caters to busy women by helping them optimize their digestion and reach their weight loss goals with ease. She's extremely committed, and when I say extremely committed, you will, you, when you hear Karen 
talk about what she does and the passion that she has, you will understand. She is extremely committed to what she does because she's been there. Dealing with digestion issues, excess weight, and feeling lost and stuck for years in her body, and she felt broken and she had no one to turn to. Now, she is that support for women who are stuck with their weight loss goals, bloated and exhausted from dieting. Karen helps women understand what their body needs and creates a plan to support each woman individually. She approaches food as a healing tool and teaches women to embrace the food and nutrition rather than restricting it. I know that if you are a woman in your 40s or older or going through changes in this transition in life, you are gonna love this episode. So grab your Java, let's get started. Good morning, Karen. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's always nice to see you. Yes, I'm so excited to chat because um, I think we have a lot to talk about. But also, I like to give the listeners a little bit of an idea on how I know my guests. And so I just want to share that we only just met, I think it was, maybe it was Christmas now that I think. Yeah, just before Christmas, I believe. Yeah, and it was at a local uh, women's networking event. And I think that we, you know, really were drawing to each other with just, I knew, you know, once you started to introduce yourself and talk about what you do, I was totally enthralled because I'm, as we further get into the conversation, what you share and you teach and is sort of where I am in my life. So I would love for you just to introduce yourself, uh, let the listeners know what it is you do and uh, share one thing that you're really excited about right now. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. I was definitely drawn to your energy. So I'm so grateful that we made the connection. I am a women's health coach and I've been doing this work for about 25 years now. I am a holistic nutritionist, culinary expert, personal trainer, exercise specialist, yoga instructor, fascial stretch therapist. The list is fairly lengthy in terms of my qualifications. I you know, had a little bit of an addiction to learning about the human body, specifically the woman's body. And honestly, I love what I do. And so I work specifically with women over 40 to help them reconnect with their bodies and up-level their health without feeling overwhelmed, especially when we are all in a world where there is so much stress and different demands being pulled in 15 different directions at all times. My goal is to really help simplify it and help bring a level of ease and even some excitement into the process of taking care of yourself so that it doesn't have to feel like another chore on your to-do list. So something that I am excited about right now, honestly, is summer. Um, As you know, I've been recovering from a very serious injury where I broke my hip in the spring and have been quite limited for a number of months. And I have learned a lot about myself in this process. But what I really am looking forward to is truthfully stepping back into my life pun fully intended with that because I can't wait to be walking again and really embracing the summer and making up for some lost time you know things like this remind us that we only have one life to live and I really am looking forward to maximizing this life in all avenues and this summer is going to be the initiator of that so bring it on mother nature Oh my God. Oh, so much, so much here, right? I, we haven't even started because this, I do try to keep these episodes shorter. Um, although I know that this is 
probably going to be a long one because there's a lot to dig into here. So first, um, yes, your injury in March. And I think just the first thing before we get into all the other greatness is talking about this, if you don't mind for a second, because I think so many people, um, and I've seen your, I've been watching, you know, your journey going through this healing process and how your mindset is so, so important. A lot of people um, would have maybe just been sucked into the victim mode, the I'm never going to be better, the things I'm not going to be able to do again. And, and really that has such a powerful impact both ways, right? On how our mind, how we use our mind. So just Mm -hmm. if you can share briefly on what you just mentioned, like self-healing and just really looking into yourself, what it is that you've done over the last, well, since beginning of March for almost two months now, and really coming to grips with this, because this was a serious injury. Yeah, you know, it really was. And here's the thing, life is going to challenge you consistently. And that is a guarantee. For myself, it really threw me completely off course with this accident. And I don't want to have this accident define who I am, but I wanted to really, I was very aware that when I lost my mobility in this healing process, that a lot of my tools for stress management were taken away from me. Where I do lean into movement, I do lean into getting out in nature, yoga, all these types of things that have really become staples in my life that have helped me navigate through challenging times were no longer available to me at a very challenging time. So it really forced me to expand my repertoire of tools to tap into to help keep my mind strong. I have full faith in my body to be able to heal, but I You know, when people are healing from something like this, they talk about the body and all the things that you should do for the body, but there's not as much conversation about how it impacts your emotional and your mental state. And for me, I was very aware of that. So over the past couple months, as I have been going through this journey, really looking inward, um, and I I think I'm really honestly I'm getting to the point now where I'm starting to feel grateful for the experience because of how it has helped me evolve as a person and really wanted to find the lessons within this. I live a very full life prior to the accident, a very full life that I'm grateful for. But sometimes we get caught up in this fullness, in this schedules and this busyness, as I'm sure you can relate to and I'm sure a lot of your audience can relate to. And so the way I viewed this is this is a forced pause in my life. The the universe has told me enough, Karen, you need to slow it down, pause. And it took extreme measures to get me there. But I, I recognize now that perhaps that was necessary and really forcing myself to turn inwards on a deeper level and really explore what it is that I actually want, what it is that I actually want for myself. And how am I going to help facilitate that? So stepping in deeper into my meditation practices, into breathing techniques, into journaling to really explore the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts, the dreams that lay within us that often stay buried. 
And our life often becomes so busy, we don't give ourselves those opportunity to explore that. And without exploring that, we limit our ultimate potential. So having these moments for pause, having these moments for re reflection, and creating opportunities to really explore ourselves really helps us maximize who we are meant to be and what we are able to step forward into the world. So I'm definitely embracing this period of time for the lessons that it has brought forward to me. And that's not to say it hasn't been easy. Um, it's certainly had its challenges, but now that I'm rounding down to the end of it, I am very grateful for it. And I am looking forward to the opportunity of sharing some of these tools with my clients and um, helping them really get connected to who they truly are and step forward into this life in what they're meant to. Oh my God. All right. I'm so glad I asked that question <laughs> because, you know, so often it does take something, an illness or a tragedy or some trauma for people to slow down. I mean, we can look at honestly, like the last three years, right? The, the forced, mm -hmm. the forced pause that the world had to take. And so many people did go inward and they said, yeah. what is it like, what do I actually really want? And I just love and thank you for sharing that because now you've taken something that, like you said, this you depended and you relied on all these other modalities to be part of you, your life. And now you had to look at things differently. And now what the best part is, and as with my journey, you know, we get to share the things that we've learned so that other people don't necessarily have to go through to that extreme, right? Mm -hmm. Learn how to yeah. take the pause without the disease or without the sickness, figure out how to reduce the stress and find other modalities. So I love all of that. And yes, going inward and really figuring out who we are and connecting back to who we are, I think is, is so, so important because yeah, we're, you know, society has us believe that it's okay to still hustle and grind. And even though I believe that the narrative is falling apart, are, there's still a lot of work to be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and the more people can start to recognize that and allow themselves to become self-aware, honestly, the, the happier, the more fulfilled society as a whole is going to be, let alone on an individual basis. The, the energy of the world um, has the opportunity to shift. And so there is a movement happening and I'm so grateful to be witnessing it and be a part of it and encourage it um, every step of the way. Yeah. I just got all the feels there because I do believe, right? Like people talk about selfish being uh, self-care and how a lot it's been viewed, especially towards women, that it's a selfish thing. But when women especially can really start to take that back and be the, the ones taking themselves first, the mm -hmm. ripple effect, the collectiveness, the consciousness rises so much faster. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what you're doing is so, so important. And so when it, when we talk about now, as far as women's health goes, um, having, you know, turned 50 last year, and I'm going to tell you, like, even in the last, now we're six months, my body doesn't like the things it even did six months ago. And 
I think there's so many myths out there about, or not even myths, but stereotypes on, or beliefs that women have that once they hit a certain age, this is the way it's going to be. And I'd like you just to maybe touch on why, obviously, these are myths, but also what is it about this specific age group and why was that it, that was sort of your niche and what attracted you to helping women uh, over 40? Yeah, well, you know, in all honesty, I'm over 40 as well. And so notice some of these changes in myself and was really witnessing the struggle that so many women were going through, feeling completely stuck. Even though they might have been exercising and eating healthy, still feeling completely stuck. And it would break my heart time and time again as they would come to me looking for help because they are getting zero support, zero guidance, zero direction from traditional medicine. Going to their doctors and all of their symptoms are being completely dismissed chalking it up to it's just aging and it's it's your hormones and there's such a lack of education and information that are leaving so many women just mystified about what to do and feeling so lost and what has happened is these women now start to believe that after a certain age there is nothing you can do it's like throwing your hands in the air like oh it's my hormones okay, yes, your hormones are changing. We've all known this is going to happen. It's not a secret, but it's not a death sentence. And instead of just kind of leaning back and throwing your hands in the air, feeling like there's nothing you can do, my approach and what I recommend and suggest is lean in. Um, Lean in and learn about your hormones. This is your body. This is your home that you live in, that you are walking around in every single day. And so many women become so disconnected from their body, believing that there is nothing that you can do when it is the exact opposite. When you allow yourself to become curious again, to be a student again, and learn about the new body that you're in right now, because you're right, it's not the same as our 20s and our 30s, and things are different. And so be curious, learn about it, lean in, and let's learn how to dance with our hormones versus against them. And that is a beautiful synergy that is going to very positively impact your life and give you back a sense of empowerment in your life um, and connection to be able to step forward with and so that you can look and feel your best regardless of your age. But if you are disconnected from your body, That is the biggest barrier that I see for sure. So leaning in and allowing yourself to be a student again is the number one place that I think that women should start um, and lay down the resistance to learning about your hormones. Yeah. Uh, So, so good. I mean, I honestly have such... It's not that I don't, you know, Western medicine is here for a reason, right? Like if I'm going to be in a car accident, obviously I want a surgeon to help me if I need that. But I think that we as a society have been programmed to believe that it's the end all, the be be all, the end all, where we just look across the world. There's so many different modalities, so many different things other than the prescription of the drug to actually heal our bodies, to deal with our hormones and this is why this is so important. And I will just share a story because 
I went to my doctor who I, you know, I go to maybe once a year, once every three years now, right, for the annual checkup. And I was telling him about um, the hot flashes and those sort of symptoms. And his first response was, well, I can I can give you a prescription some, for some antidepressants. You don't need to be depressed to take them, but you know, it's shown that it will help with the hot flashes. And I was like, uh, uh, I actually was dumbfounded. I wasn't, no but I was like, yeah. no, I, I was like, uh, like I, I didn't even know if I, I had words to say, cause I was so shocked, but not shocked. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And so many women experience the exact same thing where your symptoms are completely dismissed or you are offered some sort of pill just to mask the symptoms. And in reality, women's healthcare is seriously lacking. Um, There is a shift happening, which I'm really grateful for, but traditional medicine, unless there is a specialist who proactively takes it upon themselves to dig in deeper and educate themselves you're going to go to your general practitioner and leave with zero answers. Women's health is greatly understudied, and therefore, there is no answers available in those traditional routes. Typically speaking, there is an exception to the rule always. But, you know, to put things into perspective, also, when we're talking about alternative health care, we're looking at some of the modalities in other places of the world. There are large populations of women who have zero menopausal symptoms because of their lifestyle and how yes. they're eating, how they're moving, how they're managing their stress, their nervous system, their environments. And so it is 100% possible but it's not talked about, studied, and shared as much in Western society. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all like the blue zones and those kind of areas around mm-hmm. the world, right? Where they're living the a Mediterranean diet-ish, I think. And then there's, you know, just community and being able to, the stress is so yeah. important, right? Getting rid of that stress and not just getting rid of the stressor, right? Like yes. not just getting rid of the job that stresses you out but then actually being a, having some way to get the stress out of our body. And that's why for Absolutely. me, it's meditation, right? And I'm so happy that you shared that that's something that you've really gone a little bit more into during your healing process. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think uh, it is so understudied and that because of the lifestyle that we live, uh, people are just you know, we've been so programmed that it's just the way it is just accept it. And I'm, you have to take radical responsibility and be your own friggin' advocate when it comes to healthcare in this country and, or, you know, even the U S and I don't know any other countries that maybe Europe's the same. I don't know, but I, you have to be your biggest fan, your biggest voice person, for sure. Absolutely. Radical responsibility. I love that. Um, That is something that I think we should all get sort of like tattooed across our chest or something where we need to believe that. And, and truly, um, it, 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 the interesting thing is it shouldn't feel radical, right? To just step forward and ask for help and get answers. But that is the position that we're in. And so we do have to kind of step forward with a little bit of a stronger voice 
and really advocate for ourselves or allow ourselves the opportunity to seek out alternative methods, alternative practitioners to work with um, versus just being kind of pigeonholed into that one avenue, um, especially when it's not serving you well. Yeah. And I think what you mentioned, and I know for sure, is that when we get humans are so disconnected, we are so disconnected from our bodies, Mm -hmm. right? Like I, and I just want to share a story about um, a former coworker, right? Who for, for like two years and, and I'll be, my listeners do know that I am a police officer. There's a lot of stress involved in that job. And, you know, for two years, he had serious back pain, retires, and unfortunately dies six months later, full of like cancer. And it's like, he just ignored it. He just, it's like, oh, it's just the job. It was from this, it's from that. And totally not listening, taking Mm -hmm. enough time to sit in our own energy and feel Mm -hmm. our body. Mm -hmm. That's heartbreaking. Right. It's heartbreaking. And there's so many stories like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And that's why it's like, can you not sit? Like no one is that busy. Nothing is that important that you cannot sit for 15 minutes a day by yourself and connect to your own body. Yeah. I don't care who you are or what you do. I don't care. You have 15 minutes. You spend probably check your Instagram data. You probably spend three hours a day scrolling. Like it just drives me insane. And in all reality, if you claim that you don't have 15 minutes for yourself in one day, that's a problem. Absolutely. That's a problem. Everybody needs these pockets of time for themselves. And it doesn't have to be excessive. It doesn't have to be hard. But if you are seriously feeling, filling every single moment of every single day where you don't have 15 minutes to breathe, that is a problem. There's, there's some deeper questions that you need to ask. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mm -hmm. So often we do those things and you fill the calendar and you can't be busy or you can't, you have to be busy because there's an underlying issue there, right? There's mm-hmm. something that your belief system or that it's the only way that you're worthy is if you keep being busy and yes. so many layers, so many layers. That's yeah. a whole other podcast episode. Yeah, podcast. for sure. For sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with your clients, um, is that one of the biggest problems or issues that you see come up is that women have gone to their general practitioner and they've got the you know, the cold shoulder or the, you know, oh, it's just in your mind or like those kind of comments. Is that, or what's the biggest thing that you deal with when you take clients on? Well, that is definitely a factor that I see very, very commonly, but I think even more so than that is women staying stuck in patterns that are not serving them well. So for example, I work with a lot of women who predominantly have a weight loss goal. Um, and they are challenged with hormonal weight gain and have no idea what has happened to their body and trying all the things that they've tried in the past. So a lot of them have tried more than one diet over the course of their lifetime, as most women have. Um, I share a stat very frequently that by the age of 45, women have tried 61 diets in their lifetime, which is wild. And it's always interesting to me that they keep trying They keep trying the same thing over and over again, which typically involves calorie restriction, cutting carbs, and over-exercising specifically with cardio. And they believe 
that it's these modalities that are going to get them to their goal, even though it's absolutely not working. It's leaving them tired. It's leaving them cranky. It's leaving them hungry. Um, and they keep doing it. So they have these beliefs from years of dieting that this is the way to do it, even though it is not working. So it truly is the definition of insanity, mm -hmm. right? Where you're doing the same yeah. thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I would say that that is one of the biggest barriers and the biggest challenges that I witness with women that I work with is helping them detach from some of the beliefs that they've had because it is not serving them anymore. And so, and that's a hard hill to climb for a lot of them because they've been stuck in these patterns for many way, many years, or they read so many different things or worked with different practitioners that said, cut calories, work out harder, um, you know, limit your carbohydrates. And there's, you know, anytime you put on social media, there's someone talking about fasting or keto or high intensity work. So it's easy to believe that that may be the path to take. But what they don't recognize is all of these modalities, number one, do not serve a woman's body, um, specifically in this age category where we are experiencing some different hormonal changes. But the other thing that is not talked about or recognized on all these different Instagram apps that highlight these different diets is the research that is done on them is done on men. They are not designed for a woman's body. Women are much harder subjects to study because of our hormonal changes. And so it wasn't until the early 90s that women were even invited to be a part of some of these studies. And so all these, you know, different tools and diet plans and modalities are being advertised to the masses and women with a weight loss goal are attaching themselves to them or trying all these things that worked for them in their 20s and their 30s, not recognizing that your body now is very different. Your body now has different needs. And a lot of the things that you're doing are actually causing a higher stress response on your body, slowing down your metabolic function, and ultimately keeping you further and further away from your goals. So helping them detach from that is one, is one of the most common things that I see and one of the biggest challenges for women to overcome to get them to the other side to truly understand what their body needs now. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I can honestly like look back and I mean, I think I have tried them all, like for sure. Like, mm -hmm. to be honest, I remember coming back from a year of traveling and I had, you know, gained a little bit of weight because, you know, who doesn't want to eat all the good stuff when you're traveling? Mm -hmm. And I was then was like, okay, I, like, I'm determined. I'm going to lose this weight. And I was like, was I late twenties? No, mid twenties, whatever twenties. And I was going to spin class probably four nights a week. And I ain't no shit, Karen. I was eating lean cuisines. That's oh, all I, I, I feel like you just described my life in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> like, I laugh every time I walk in the in the grocery store and I see lean cuisines. I'm like, oh, I remember you. I remember yeah. that. Did it work? Sure, it worked. I mean, for the short term, right? But how hungry, how cranky oh. were you? How were your cravings at the time? Yeah. You know, I'm sure I ate ice cream along to go with it, right? Like eat the lean totally. for lunch and dinner, and then I would have the ice cream. Like, and I've never been, um, I mean, uh, self-image apart. I've never been 
what I would say overweight. Maybe maybe when I came back from Australia and New Zealand, I definitely had more weight on, but I've never been, you know, what people would say is obese. Um, but I've always, you know, never, it's also about accepting your body, but it's like, I've never actually ever been comfortable with where I am. And so as my body changes, it's like, okay, there's things that you can do to work with your body because you're not anymore. And it's like those things, like I just said, even the things that worked six or seven months ago don't work now. And it's Mm -hmm. like, what the hell am I doing wrong? Why is it not working? And so what do you say to that? Like, is it the acceptance of the body and where you are? That's very important. But how do you explain that? Yeah, your hormones are changing. And do you suggest that they get blood tests or hormonal tests? Like, how does all that work? Like, what's the baseline? So there's many different ways to explore it. Um, And the the number one thing you have to start with is being open-minded to exploring it and be willing to explore it. It's not a short process. It's not an overnight thing where you can, you know, sign up for a program or buy a book and the next week, all of a sudden things are really in alignment and you're good to go. And so I always like to be a very much of a realist with my clients. I don't like to put forth unrealistic expectations and I'm going to tell you how it is. You know, it will be a process for some people that is shorter than others. Some people testing is necessary. Some people it's not. So it really depends on where you're at right now. So it starts with a conversation with a practitioner who has an inside perspective of how the woman's body responds. So oftentimes I need to explore your lifestyle Um, because so much of it can be massively impacted in a positive way by looking at your lifestyle, looking at your sleep, looking at how you're nourishing your body, looking at your stress, looking at your movement throughout the day, separate from exercise. Um, And that is another key component as well, because so many of us spend, you know, 10, 12 hours a day in a seated position and expect our 35, 45 minute workout to undo all of that. It doesn't work that way. So I really take the time to analyze someone's lifestyle. We talk a lot about gut health. We talk a lot about nervous system support and, and blood sugar regulation. Those three avenues there can make a massive impact in helping you feel better, helping you feel in control of your body, helping the weight release, helping your energy to come back, your sleep improve, um, even your memory and your cognitive function. If we're focused on those three areas, a massive change. Testing comes in when changes are made in those areas and you haven't seen an improvement. I honestly don't see any value in going forth with hormonal testing unless you're going to make some changes in your lifestyle first. Because no matter what, you can go ahead and get the testing now and spend hundreds of dollars, come back with a very complicated report to follow that I would highly recommend you work with a practitioner to go through that. Don't order it on your own because it'll come back and you will not be able to understand it unless you have that training behind you. But in all reality, you are still going to have to make those changes in your lifestyle to support your nervous system, to support your blood sugars, support your life um, if you want to see a change. So most times you can save those, you know, X number of hundreds of dollars in testing 
by starting with your lifestyle first. I bring testing in kind of as a bit of a last resort. Um, we want to make sure that you are in a good place to truly get a good, clear picture of what's happening in your system, supporting your digestion, supporting your blood sugar regulation, supporting your nervous system, getting adequate rest. This is where we need to start. This is going to be the foundation that is going to drive your health forward. Massive changes can be made doing that. And if you're still not there, then we bring in the big guys. Um, then we dig a little bit deeper with some testing and get more specific. But 90% of the time, in all honesty, when you start with those first four, massive change. Mm. Yeah, I think I think lifestyle, right, is so, so important. And it's got, got such a combination of all of that, right? Like, how much coffee are you drinking? Your mm -hmm. sleep as a shift worker, like sleep is one thing that, you know, it's it's getting more difficult as I get older to go to bed. Like I like to be in bed normally at like nine 30 at night. Mm -hmm. So when I work afternoons, it's hard because I'm now not getting into bed till midnight and I'm back up at six, six 30 with my kids. And I'm like, my body does not like that. It just does not like that. I need more sleep for sure. I think sleep is mm -hmm. some people just don't understand the actual necessity, not just from like what it does to your body, everything, everything mm -hmm. in your body. And women so need more sleep than men. Yeah. And to yes. help to support our bodies. And interestingly, we often get less sleep than men, yeah. right? You're the one who's up with the kids. You're the one who's you staying up late to make the lunches, to, you know, take care of all the, the stuff around the household. And women need more but overall are getting less, which is a, a, a really big problem um, that is impacting our health and our hormones and how we show up in the world. Yeah. And so that sort of leads into sort of like when it comes to all that, right? Women are doing it all, but they could be asking for help, right? And that's, again, a whole other conversation where women have this burden where I've been through that, where it's like, don't worry, I'll do it. Don't worry, I'll do it. Because mm -hmm. that's what was shown to me growing up, right? And now I'm like, no, no, there's other people in this household. My oldest is 13. But like, I also now have no problem communicating to my husband. Look, I need your help. Like, you're going to need to like, do dinner. You're going to because I used to always make dinner, then I would work out, then I would go to work. It's like, no, no, you're home. But women have a hard time asking for help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot. And I think that is one skill that we can all benefit from learning because we've developed the skills of taking care of everything and everybody else, right? That it seems to happen very naturally for us and it has been doing us a disservice. And so it starts to become a skill that you have to develop and you have to practice to allow yourself to reach forward and not only ask for help, but accept help. Um, and that is the difference between it too, yes. because sometimes you don't even have to ask for it. People will offer and you're like, no, 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 I'm fine. Yes. Um, when in reality, you're not fine. You're drowning. Yeah. Um, and so whether it's pride or ego that gets in our own way of feeling like we have to do it all to be able to get it done right. So again, mm -hmm. detaching from some of it and allowing yourself to 
step forward into a different energy, a different light, a different space where you can receive help. You know, community is really important and we we keep ourselves isolated from community, um, even in our household. You know, we are isolating ourselves from allowing the other members in our home to be able to be a part of taking care of that home. Um, believing we have to do it all on our own and that that takes its toll. It wears us down. So collectively, I think we can all get better at A, using our voice and asking for it and B, allowing ourselves to receive it. Yes, yes, receiving, receiving, and you're, that you've just hit it so, said it so well, because it's not just about asking for the help, it's about being able to allow it and receive it, and that goes in so many areas of our life, right, like, forget about, like, the work and help around the house, or just receiving love, or receiving compliments, or abundance, like, it goes everywhere, because we are society or whatever generations have said, no, no, you're not allowed to receive. You're only supposed to do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, enough. let's just enough with that and be able to take care of ourselves, ask for help, receive it and wholeheartedly. Cause you're right. So many people, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help you, but if yeah. you're doing the, no, 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 I'm fine then how are you, you know, and then you're going to end up being resentful or angry that you're yeah. doing it on yourself. Like, like, I've yeah. been there, right. It's interesting, you know, even through this injury, as I'm healing, that was another lesson that I had to teach myself again. You know, I come from a family of very independent women and which is amazing, but it also can be a hindrance at the same time. And throughout this process, I really had to no, no options at all. I had to put down my guard and receive help and be okay with that. And, you know, what I, what I started to recognize through that process and remind myself of, and I think a lot of women can relate to this, you know, we take care of people because it makes us feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're helping people, we are servicing them, we're there when they need us, and that always helps fill us up, you know, to a degree. So when we are not allowing ourselves to receive help from the people around us who love us, we're limiting their opportunity to feel good, right? And so it does become very cyclical as the more you help people, people are going to help you or they're going to want to help you. And that is a very reciprocal relationship if we are open to it, if we allow ourselves to receive it. So Giving and receiving help um, goes both ways. And it's almost selfish of us to not allow ourselves to receive help. It's selfish of us because we're not allowing the people who care about us to have that level of joy and fulfillment by giving as well. So there's a few different ways to look at it. And when we start to recognize it that way, that allowing the people around us that love us to, to help us, we're actually doing something really positive for them also. Mm, I love that so much. Yeah, it is. It's hard to think of it that way, right? Because really, like we are selfish human beings. We all really are, right? We we always think that other people are watching or thinking about us. But at the end of the day, we're really only thinking about ourselves. <laughs> but it's like, think about the fact that 
yeah, other people that fills them up too, or that's, you know, part of what is going to make them feel good too. And same as giving compliments, like, oh, like, will come and say like, oh, you look beautiful. Your hair looks great today. Just receive it and say, thank you. That's all you need to say. Like, it's so hard for women to do that, right? Because then there's the, oh, I just washed my hair or, oh, I just this or just they're always having to defend it. Yeah. And I think yeah. being able yeah. to just receive and that's a great place to start. I think yeah. for women is the compliments. Mm-hmm. So, so I agree. Good. So I know, like you said at the beginning that, this injury sort of was a forced pause for you. And so is that, of course, not, we're not wishing anything like that on anybody, but where once people are more self-awareness, I believe is the first, right. You've got to take note of how you're feeling and go ask yourself some deeper questions on why you're feeling that and become a little bit more self-aware, but in all the modalities, be it, you know, exercise or food, nutrition, what is, what is the first thing that people that you would suggest to people, especially women over 40 that are starting to maybe see the symptoms of menopause or perimenopause other than, and now they're like, I'm aware that there's something going on with my body. What is the first thing? Oh my goodness. It really is dependent on each individual um, in all honesty. But if I could pick one thing to focus on that is going to be able to make an impact, I think it would come down to blood sugar regulation. When we're looking at how to support your body, because so much stems from that in terms of how it can trigger a higher cortisol response, how it can trigger inflammation in your body, how it can distort your hormone functions, how it can impact your thyroid, which affects so many women, how it impacts your energy, how it impacts your cognitive function, your memory, your digestive functions. Blood sugar regulation is really at the root of a lot of issues that I see in my practice. So if you had one area to focus on, I think that would be a really great place to direct your focus. And in order to do that, you know, I see so many women chronically under eating um, and chronically undervaluing the importance of protein and fat in their diet. And if we welcome those back in, it has a massive impact on how our hormones are going to function how our energy is going to be produced, how our brain is going to function, even in terms of things like the levels of satiety. So many women are walking around starving all the time because they're quote unquote saving calories or watching what they eat when food can actually be such an amazing, beautiful tool to help us. And if we start to get in tune and really understanding how to regulate our blood sugars and eat in a way that is not going to put you on this roller coaster ride that will trigger your body to store fat, cause high levels of inflammation in your body, lead to pain, potentially cellular damage and disease, that would be the foundational area to focus on that can really make a massive difference. And allowing yourself to welcome in and prioritize protein and healthy fats at every meal can go a long way without changing anything else. I think that is, yeah, the biggest thing, right? Getting your body and because that affects your metabolism, right? It's going to mm-hmm. get your metabolism going and saying, oh, look, I need to work better. I need to, I need to 
start working because now I've got more food here and more fats and all good stuff. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I found that that's definitely one thing. Like I, I, even just a few years ago, the whole, like when keto was really blowing up, right. It was like, like so good for you and this and it's like, I, I mean, yes, of course I tried it because it was like, it's a quicker uh, way to lose weight because you're cutting out so many calories but what it does on the inside and it's just, yeah, I've done so much research on fasting and I used to fast a lot. And, and again, it worked at a different time in my life, but yeah. it, does, it doesn't now. Yeah. And a lot of those things work temporarily. And a lot of those things are only appropriate once you have a solid digestive system, once you have a level of regulation of your blood sugars, once you have a decent relationship with food. I would absolutely never recommend something like fasting for someone who has struggled with their relationship with food. And if you are in a place where your digestive system is compromised or your blood sugars are highly dysregulated, you know, you want to kind of start by getting that stuff in check first. I I believe there is a place, a time and a benefit to fasting if done under the right conditions. And it's never meant to be done forever. Um, These modalities, and same with keto, it's never meant to be done forever. We can tap into them to support our systems at certain times under certain conditions. But so many people are jumping on these bandwagons because they heard their friend's sister's cousin's neighbor worked for and unknowingly doing a lot more metabolic and hormonal damage than any kind of good that can emerge from it. So it has to start with a base level of health, and then you can explore some of these if necessary. In all honesty, I don't encourage them. I don't feel like they're necessary, but they can be helpful under certain conditions. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I just, I love all of that so much because people, you we need to be educating people exactly that, right? That again, it's not everything is a one size fits all, mm-hmm. and that need to a advocate for yourself but also like find someone who knows what the hell they're doing and has the tools that you know can help you and that's why I think you know what you're sharing and doing is so so important as I see it more and more where there's a lot more women that are coming out and saying you know you have to be your own best advocate Mm -hmm. absolutely what is, um, give me your thoughts on the working hard, because I know that, you know, you mentioned you had to slow down and it was a sign maybe for you just to say, well, I need to take a break and versus working in alignment and alignment to me, maybe you have a different definition, but that is really, for me, it's like just in the flow of things. And it's just easy. Not, not, not that it's not working, but easier. So you're, you're just, so your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, there's been a couple times in my life where, you know, I've had to take this forced pause. Um, The injury is certainly one of them. But even way back earlier in my career, where I was working in an environment with a lot of pressure, a lot of egos, a lot of long hours, targets to hit. And I remember at that time in my life, I was working very hard and also working very much out of alignment. It was really changing the person that I was into something that I did not like and I did not recognize. So that was definitely an example of not working in alignment. I am not afraid of working hard, but I am terrified 
of not working in alignment anymore because I know what that feels like. And when it starts to drain your energy, when you wake up every day, you know, feeling resentful, not wanting to step forward into your life, trying to make up excuses, having to convince yourself to show up and giving everything that you have to your work that leaves nothing left for your family, nothing left for your partner, nothing left for you or your life, that very much is working out of alignment. When we give ourselves the opportunity to take that step back and really decide for ourselves what we want and move forward on that path, there is a level of fulfillment that comes with that. Not that it isn't work still, but it's work that can fill you back up that can inspire you, that can bring you a level of joy, a level of accomplishment that you can't receive from other areas. And ending each day feeling proud of how you showed up, feeling content with the impact that you made, feeling excited to wake up tomorrow and do it again. You know, the way I kind of feel about it is we all have one life to live. One, one chance, that's it. I am not willing to spend my life working to make an income if it means that it is going to take away from my life. Income will be there. Work will always be there. Our life, our moments, our opportunities for joy, connection, for experiences may not. Unless we truthfully, like you said, take radical responsibility for our life as well. And decide for ourselves that we want something more for ourselves. And we live in such a a beautiful world right now that there is so many opportunities to truly create the life that you want to, that you can be in alignment with your energy and the person that you want to be and how you want to show up in the world while you make an income. And I think that is such a gift that we have so many opportunities and sometimes we just need to take that step back to really see that clearly before we can step forward into it. So I'm not afraid of hard work, but I am terrified of working out of alignment of who I truly want to be and how I want to show up in the world. Uh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing, because I feel there has been a huge shift. And again, like I mentioned, since, you know, 2020, where people are like, I'm no longer willing Mm-hmm. to live a life that's not in alignment and you've seen that where people are leaving careers I love it moving to places where you know they because they've decided they don't want to live in the cold or whatever it is anymore and it's like yeah because you're right this is the only freaking life you get on this earth that we know of right now um and that I think it's just fascinating to me that people are really starting to wake up it's slow but people are going to get there right yeah yeah. Love it. Love it so much. So um, I think there's going to be another episode because there's a lot of things that I did not even touch on that I would love to chat with you about. Um, but where can people find you and, you know, follow you and get all your goodness because you have so much great info out there? Yeah, well, I'm very present on social media. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Jaworski underscore wellness. I also manage a, I run a Facebook group called Healthy Women, Healthy Weight. Um, on both platforms, I'm in there very frequently sharing tips and advice and wellness talks and talking about patterns of self-sabotage and hormones and digestion and all the good stuff, really always with the intention to help to inspire you to truly take control of your life and reconnect with your body. 
Um, and then I do have a website, the chaos to calm method.com, and you can read about all of my qualifications and connect with me there. And if this resonates with you, I would love to have a conversation and continue talking you through this and helping to get you in alignment with where you want to go. So good, Karen. Thank you so much. And of course, I will put all those details in the show notes. And if you have loved this episode as much as I have, and trust me, Karen will be on the podcast again, but make sure to share uh, with anyone that you know that this episode will help. Thanks, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Always great to see you, Leanne. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shipworker podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shipworker and on Instagram at Lianne Magahi. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.